Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Today I want to bring a very powerful word of God. I know y'all miss Pastor Brian and Pastor Sandra. Amen. And, and I know they, they were out by the valley area officiating a wedding for the daughter of Dr. Ruben and Vanessa, amen, that are part of our Axis family as well, amen. So Pastor Brian and, and Pastor Sandra and the kids are, are out there, amen. But you know what? I know God's going to do something powerful today, amen. Every day, every single week, every single Sunday, every single time you call upon the name of the Lord, say with me, something will happen when I begin to call out the name of Jesus, Amen. And today I want to bring a message. I'm going to, in Del Rio, I had seven, I have seven or eight points to what I want to release. But um, in Del Rio, I was only able to release four. Let's see how far I get here. Amen. So I want to get started. And the title of the message is Recognizing the Signs of a Spiritual Attack. Can y'all repeat that with me? Recognizing the signs of spiritual attacks over our lives. Amen. So in John 10, 10, we see three specific points or purposes that the enemy has, has in his agenda. Amen. One of them is the enemy has come to, ki- to steal, the other one kill, and the other one to destroy. Can y'all say with me? The agenda of hell is to steal, kill, and destroy. And in John 8, 44, the word of God says, or Jesus talking describes the enemy as a murderer, as a liar, and the father of lies. In Revelation 12, 9, John calls him the serpent of old, the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. Okay, so I want you to understand that the enemy is a liar. Can you say that with me? The enemy is a liar. The enemy is a liar. Amen. And he is a father of lies. Now, when you see that John calls him the serpent of old, the devil and Satan who deceives, who derails the whole world. And see, in order for me to talk to you about truth, I have to give you both the good and the bad. And the reality of things is that we see that good is real and we also see that the bad is real. And I always preach to the church about how God works but also how the enemy works because you can never defeat an enemy that you don't know how he operates, that you don't know how he works. You can never go and defeat or have victory over the works of the enemy if you don't know how he operates. Can someone tell me today, uh, can someone say today, The plans of the enemy are going to be uncovered and I'm going to be able to walk in the light of Jesus like never before. Amen. So the enemy first appeared in the book of Genesis as a serpent. Say with me, serpent. And he, he appears in a form of a serpent. And sometimes you ask yourself, why did he present himself as a serpent? He could have chosen any other animals. He could, have, he could have chosen any other form. But he decided to manifest himself in a form of a serpent. And another question that comes up to mind is what relationship is there between Satan and the serpent? So if you've ever looked into the animal kingdom, amen, or, or the animals, or how many of you guys have studied about snakes? And I'm not talking about the, the one who was criticizing you, not that, not that type of snakes. 
Amen. But I'm talking to you about the different kinds of snakes. Amen. Can someone say amen? So you have different types of snakes. You have your garden snake that if it, do, if it bites you, really doesn't harm you or doesn't, it isn't very poisonous, right? But then you have some other snakes that if they bite you, their bite can be very poisonous and it can really harm your body. So say with me, pastor, there's different type of snakes. Some are very poisonous and others really don't harm at all. So just as there's different types of snakes, there's also different types of demons. And the book of Ephesians chapter 6 begins to say to the church about how the kingdom of the enemy begins to operate. Say with me, there's different ranks. So you have your lower ranking demons and then you have your higher ranking demons. Some are stronger than others. Some are a little bit weaker than others. Amen. But the devil is still a liar and the devil is still a cheater and the devil is still the father of lies. So today I want to talk to you about a specific snake, okay, that kills in a very unique way. It hunts its prey and is very patient. Say with me, the snake is patient. Amen. And when the opportunity presents itself, it attacks. It bites its victim with the sharp fangs that it has, but its bite is not what kills. You know what kills? Say with me, the python kills, squeezing its prey until it has no more oxygen in its lungs. So see, python struggles, and it struggles and it fights to take away the oxygen, the air, the breath of its victims. And little by little, what Python does, it wraps itself around its prey. It wraps itself little by little. He looks, and I believe he looks at the animals. He observes them, right? And he says, you know what? That animal's falling asleep. And it's pretty big too. I think I'm going to go and I'm going to eat it alive. But let me wait for the right time. Let me wait for the right opportunity so I can coil myself around it. Go and wrap myself around it. And when the time is right, I'm going to slowly go wrap myself and then all of a sudden squeeze them till they have no more oxygen inside of their lungs. So little by little, he begins to look, observe its prey removes all the oxygen out and right now you might be wondering and you might be saying what's wrong with this crazy pastor Rafa teaching us about the python and the different types of snakes but see here's where the spiritual application begins to come and let me tell you this in the word of God breath and wind are symbols of the Holy Spirit say with me breath and wind are symbols of the Holy Spirit in John 20, 22, Jesus said, the word of God says that Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. In Spanish, it says, Jesus sopló. Jesus blew on them. Amen. And when he blew on them, he said, hey, disciples, apostles, my leaders, my sons, receive the Holy Spirit. Say with me, Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing, like a mighty rushing 
wind, right? So he manifested as a wind. He manifested as a breath. In Genesis, the word of God says that God began to form man out of the dust that was there and he began to sculpt man and put man together and when he was done the word of God in Genesis says that God breathed life into Adam and say with me he became a living soul so let's think about it just a little bit amen who would like to take our spiritual breath away in the spiritual amen Who would like to make sure that the life is sucked out of you? Amen. Satan is like the python snake that wants to squeeze the church of Jesus Christ so hard to remove from our church and from our personal life the breath and the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's why in Zechariah 4, 6, the Word of God says something powerful. It reveals to us that we need the Holy Spirit. Say with me, I need... The Holy Spirit. I can try doing things on my own, but it's not the same when I have the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit is over my life, there's things that I can do that I couldn't do with my own natural abilities and natural circumstances. There are some things that I can do because I'm good at them. There are some things that you can do because you're good at it, but see, when the Holy Spirit of God comes, the things that were difficult for you begin to be easy for you. Amen? You remember David and Goliath? You remember that story where you have little old David that wasn't trained for the battle, wasn't trained for the army, all of a sudden go up to a gigantic Goliath and he said, Goliath, I come against you right now. And Zechariah 4, 6 says, it is not by might. It is not by power, but it is by the spirit of the living God that I come against you. And you see little old David, and little old David carried the slingshot and he carried a little uh, a rock and he said you know what I'm gonna swing this slingshot I'm gonna take that rock and throw it at Goliath and it's gonna be defeated and see David wasn't trained for battle. David wasn't trained to go and fight in a battle and put the armor of a soldier on. But it was through the power of the spirit of the living God that David was able to go up against Goliath and say, Goliath, I'm going to put a stop to you right now. Goliath, I'm going to put a stop to you right now and you're no longer going to intimidate the people of God. You are no longer going to intimidate my family. You are no longer going to intimidate my life. We shall be victorious and God will give us a victory. But see, there was a word, say with me, there was a word in Zechariah 4, 6. And the Spirit of the Lord says to Zerubbabel, amen, a word was given to Zerubbabel and the word was, hey, it is not by might, it is not by anything else, nor by power, but by my Spirit says the word of the Lord. See, there are things that happen whenever the presence of God come upon you. 
comes upon you. Amen. There are victories that can only come when the Holy Spirit of God is active in your life. There are breakthroughs and blessings that will come whenever the Holy Spirit begins to hover over the face of your soul and your spirit and your family. There, is, there are blessings that are waiting to be released when the Holy Spirit begins to come and the darkness, the void, and the chaos over your life when Holy Spirit begins to hover will come into alignment and your life will begin to be straightened up again. Your life will begin to get fixed again because when Holy Spirit comes, say with me, He will put everything in order. He will put everything in order, amen. He will make you, he, he will start talking to you about the person that you have to forgive. He will start talking to you about the seed that you have to sow. He will start talking to you about the person that needs a word that would come out of your mouth. Can someone say, I need the Holy Spirit? I need the Holy Spirit. And see, I believe that in our times, the spiritual force that most attacks our church and the life of every believer is the very, the very same spirit that confronted the Apostle Paul. Pastor Rafa, what are you talking about? Acts 16, 16. Amen. Acts 16, 16. And I want to read it really quick and say, now it happened that as we went to prayer, where did they go? to prayer now it happened that as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit say with me of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling amen it was a spirit of darkness inside of that lady, amen, inside of that girl that started gushing a whole bunch of fortune tellings and she would say to people, this is going to happen and the things happen, amen. And if you look at this word, the spirit of divination, amen, you look at the word or the, the, uh, the spirit of divination and it's translated into Greek, puton, okay, say with me, puton. And you know what that means? That means python. So this girl carried a spirit of python. But what really impresses me is that whenever they were going to have a time of prayer is when the spirit of python begins to be manifested. See, and that's why whenever we begin to fast, it seems that all hell breaks loose. That's why whenever we begin to pray, it seems like chaos all of a sudden begins to erupt. That's why whenever we start giving our first tithe, our first, our first fruits and our tithings, all of a sudden a disorder seems to happen all around you. And you say, hey God, what's going on? I I'm doing your will. I'm praying more. I'm seeking your word. I'm diving and digging deeper, God, but why is chaos all of a sudden erupting? See, God, before I didn't pray as much and life was going good. Before I came to church, God, everything was fine and dandy, but the moment, God, I started really giving my 110%, it seems that all hell broke loose, but see, the spirit of python or the spirit of a divination didn't confront Paul, didn't confront the apostles until they began to pray. 
because when the people of God begin to pray, they begin to get the keys of the kingdom of heaven and say, God, I lose. God, I bind. God, I begin to take authority. Can someone say with me, something happens. Something happens when I begin to pray. See, uh, here we can see that when they were going to prayer, the spirit of Python interrupted them. And I believe that the enemy operates in this very same way today. He will do whatever it takes to interrupt your prayer life. That's right, when you start praying, your phone begins to ring. The text messages begin to come in. Your social media, all of a sudden you become popular and everyone wants to comment, amen? The person that never called you in a year starts calling you again and you're like, God, but I, I wanna pray and it seems that things get in the way, things happen. Your kid gets more whiny than ever, amen? Your baby starts fussing and crying. You're like, God, what happened? I want to pray, but all these interruptions are coming. God, I want to be better, but it seems that all these distract distractions are starting to manifest. And that's why you begin to see Christians that instead of living a life of victory, they're living a life of defeat. You know why? Perhaps you felt like you've lost your passion for God or like you're losing your passion for God. Perhaps you felt like you are losing your passion for the word, your passion for prayer, your, pra your passion to come to the house of God, your passion to worship. And a lot of people say, oh, it's because you've been in the gospel for so many years. But let me tell you, it's not normal for you to be down all the time. It's not normal for you to be discouraged every single day of your life. I understand it happens, amen? But if you live a daily life of discouragement, if you, if you live a daily life of feeling like you're inadequate, if you live a daily life every single day, it's the same thing, then something needs to be fixed, amen? It's okay to feel defeated sometimes, but every single day, we got to rise up and we got to do something about it. Are y'all with me? Because it's not normal to live that kind of life every single day. And see, if you've ever felt that you have a fight after fight, a problem after a problem, and problems start arising inside of your home, inside of your family, inside of your finances, inside of your workplace, it is possible that you may be under a spiritual attack. Amen? It is, and, and it's time to discover, church, how the enemy operates, how the enemy wants to destroy you. Because let me tell you, I have good news for you today. Say with me, thank God. Amen. And the good news that I have for you today is that we all, all of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as a master of our lives and try to please him every single day, you know that he has given you power and authority amen say with me i have the power and authority of jesus inside of my life amen i have the power and the authority of jesus to defeat and conquer the enemy that rises up against me amen you have authority and let me tell you the good news pastor brian pastor rafa the preachers that come and are invited for special events are not the only one that carry power that carry authority say with me i carry authority too 
I carry power too. You're able to pray. You're able to open up your mouth and decree things. You're able to open up your mouth and begin to walk in the same authority because Jesus said, if you would believe, you would walk in all these supernatural things and you will walk in victory because I have made you more than a conqueror. <laughs> and see the lives of Paul and Silas in Acts 16 reveal much about the importance of prayer, of worship, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever read the story of Paul and Silas, you read a story about men that were so devout and dedicated to God. They would preach him like it was the end of the world and they said y'all have to fix your lives turn your lives around and be committed to the lord because he has great things for you you have to repent because the kingdom of god is drawing near and see it's so powerful that because preaching the gospel took them to get a good beating amen and when i say a good beating don't think it's only a slap in the face but you know what they were bruised blood came out of their bodies Amen. Sweat came out of their bodies because they were abused by the authorities because they were preaching Jesus. And you know what happened? Not only were they beaten up, but they were thrown into jail. And what amazes me about Paul and Silas was that in the jail cell, they began singing to God. In the jail cell, in the most horrible time of their lives, beaten, physically, bruised, physically blood coming out of them physically they began in their jail cell to sing to Jesus to sing about the word of the Lord and that to me in itself is so inspiring because in their darkest times they could have chosen to give up but they said no and the good times we're gonna serve the Lord and in the bad times we're gonna do the same thing I might be going through something that isn't very favorable but you know what the Lord Jesus is here and the Word of God mentions in the book of Acts that they began to sing and when they began to sing the jail cells begin to open the chains began to be broken oh And I want you to understand something, that there is power when you worship. There is power when you praise. There is power when you begin to sing to the Lord in the midst of the most terrible times of your life. There is something that happens. There is freedom and deliverance that begins to come from within. The power of the Holy Spirit is being released every time you call out to the name of the Lord because the word of God says if you call out to me I will answer if you pray to me I will answer because to us there is no other name given that is above all else above all every name but the power that there is in the name of Jesus is available to you and me today are y'all with me church see so let me tell you this if the devil cannot stop a person from receiving Jesus Christ inside of their lives you know what the next gear is of the enemy he's like okay you know what I couldn't stop you from going and having a relationship with Jesus but the next phase is to make you the most miserable Christian that ever existed in Eagle Pass, that ever existed in Del Rio, that ever existed in Texas, that ever existed in the United States. I couldn't stop you from knowing Jesus, but I'm going to make you the most miserable Christian. Amen? That's the second gear. 
And see, the enemy will always try to suffocate and steal the joy of God from your Christian walk. He's gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna come in problem after problem, uh, situation after situation, and I'm gonna suffocate them and make them the most miserable Christian ever. It sounds, it sounds crazy, right? But it's the truth, it's in the word of God. It's in the word of God, amen? And one of the first spiritual signs that you're, that you're under a spiritual attack is number one, you start to lose the desire for the spiritual things, amen? You, you, you begin to lose the desire for the spiritual things and the evidence of a passionate heart for God is that it longs for the spiritual things. It desires God. It desires a deeper relationship. It desires a deeper commitment. And in Psalm 63, one to two, David begins to cry out and he says, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul is thirsty for you, Lord, and my flesh, it longs for you. It desires you. And in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, God, I, I want to go and I want to look onto you because there's a need. See, when you're hungry for God, there's a need in the inside of you and you say, God, I, I just really need you right now. Life isn't going as easy as I want it to go, but Lord, I, I need you. There's a deep yearning. There's something in the inside of me, God, and, and I just want more. So a passionate heart will always seek after the Lord and will say, God, I know I seem like a crazy person, but I want you. God, I don't only want you on Sundays, but I want you on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, and even on Saturday to you, Lord. <laughs> Because a thirsty heart for God is in contempt with only a, a Sunday. Amen. Giving the Lord just an hour of a week. Amen. An hour, an hour and a half. But see, the thirsty people, the people that really hunger about, uh, for God they, every day, they're like, God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I can't do anything without you. God, I have abilities of my own, but if your presence and if your favor aren't with me, Lord, I can't do anything. Can someone say, I need the Lord. I need the Lord. So see, the loss of longing for spiritual things does not happen overnight. It happens slowly and progressively, progressively as the snake slowly begins to squeeze and suffocate until it slowly affects the condition of the heart. Amen. It, it doesn't start where all of a sudden, oh, I don't want to go to church anymore. Oh, I don't want to pray anymore. Or I don't want to read my Bible anymore. No, it happens slowly. First, the enemy shows you one problem. Then the enemy shows you that this happened or that happened. And the enemy begins to show you all these conditions. And say with me, it slowly begins to affect the condition of your heart slowly but surely okay so suddenly all of a sudden we're so busy and we don't have to read the bible we don't have time to read the bible anymore we don't have time to pray anymore we feel disconnected from god's presence we begin to feel that 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 we aren't just interested in the spiritual things anymore and all of a sudden the worldly things begin to attract us and all of a sudden we begin to be attracted more by the world than by god Amen. You begin to put, uh, before you had your praise music and your worship music at, at 100 and you would jam out to it. And then all of a sudden, 
you begin to listen to the secular, secular and worldly music that begins to affect you. That instead of talking about God, it talks about the hurt that the world did against that person or the hurt that the loved one brought or the boyfriend brought or the girlfriend brought. And see, all of a sudden, you stop feeding the worship, you stop feeding the praise, and you begin to listen to all this music that is right out trash. And then you wonder, Pastor, why am I so discouraged? Well, what were you jamming out to? Amen? What were you listening to? What were you feeding yourself of? And see, what you feed yourself of is what you will eventually manifest. Say with me, I am what I eat. I am what I eat. I manifest what I eat. I manifest what I listen to. I manifest what I begin to observe. Amen. Absorb. I, I manifest what I, what I listen to. Amen. If I listen to the word of God, what do you think I'm going to be speaking? The word of God. If I listen to positive messages, verdad? I'm going to talk, start talking positively. And if you hang out with a very negative person, what happens? You're going to start becoming just like them, right? If you start hanging out with people that are filled with a spirit, what's going to happen? You're, you're going to start getting filled with the spiritual things, but hang out with a worldly car, carnal person every single day. And you're just there observing everything that they're doing, but you don't bring the word to their life. It starts affecting you. And I'm not saying stop hanging out with them. No, we need to. But we need to be a person that will impact their lives, not let our lives be impacted by the worldly things that they have over their lives. Because we're light. Amen. I love what the Word of God says. It says, hey, church, my son Jesus, he took you from darkness and brought you to the kingdom of light. The word of God says, I translated you from the darkness, from the place where you were an enemy of God, and now I transition you into a kingdom of pure light. So say with me, a spiritual, a sign of a spiritual attack is the lack of the spiritual things, the lack of desires for the spiritual things. That's number one. Number two, physical exhaustion. Pastor, oh, thank God that you're talking about this because I'm always tired. Amen. And see, I want you to understand this. There are times where you're physically tired, yes, because it's a spiritual attack, but I don't want you to demonize everything. Amen. Are y'all with me? Sometimes you're just tired because you didn't sleep last night. Amen. Sometimes you're just tired because you finally got to working out. Sometimes you're just tired because you had so much to do the day prior and you just wake up and you're just naturally tired. But see, when you get a good night, a good night rest and you wake up and you still feel tired and you know you've had a lot of rest and you still feel tired, then we have an issue. Amen. And when we're tired physically all the time, it begins to affect our mind, our heart our soul and our spirit and I want to take you to the Bible when we talk about uh, well I, I first want to tell you that we're a tripart spirit uh, a tripart being say with me I'm a tripart being I'm a tripart being what does that mean amen that you're three amen you have a soul you have a spirit and you have a body say with me I have a soul I have a spirit and I have a body 
Amen. I have a soul, I have a spirit, and I have a body, okay? So the Lord is calling us, and He's telling us that we need to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit, of the body of the Holy Spirit. Say with me, this isn't my body. It's of the Holy Spirit, okay? So when your body is weak, it allows things to begin to fill your mind or your soul that negatively affect your spirit, okay? So when you're, when you're tired, and when you didn't get a good night's sleep, what happens? And I see this more frequently in women. What happens when you're tired? Nothing. They say, Erica, nothing. Amen. What happens? You get grouchy. Amen. And the women start getting grouchy. The men start getting grouchy. He say, what happened to you? ¿Qué te pasó? What happened? Oh, it's because I didn't have a good night's sleep. So you, everything, amen. You start yelling at the kids. You start yelling at the husband. You start yelling at the wife. You, you start wanting to, uh, to have things your way. Why? Because you went through physical exhaustion. It affected you. And now it affected your mind. And it affected your heart. And it affected your spirit. And everything is just crazy crazy and you don't want to go to church and you don't want to pray and you don't want to read your word and you're like I don't want to do anything I just want to stay home and sleep and that's all right we get into our moods whenever we don't sleep well right so Elijah an example from scripture is Elijah and he had prayed listen to me this guy the prophet of God he prayed and he said Lord I pray the fire of God over this place show them that you're God and in the word of God, it talks about the prophets of Baal, which were about 850 of them. This guy prays and the fire comes and it consumes the enemies, okay? After doing that, Elijah literally fought with his sword, amen, and he started fighting against these prophets also. He was physically tired, physically exhausted. And what happens is that after a great victory, God literally showed up. God answered his prayer. The fire of God came. The people could see that God is God. Amen. And when that happened, listen to me. Elijah runs off to the deserted places. And a woman by the name of Jezebel, they were prophets of Jezebel, the kingdom of darkness. And Jezebel gets so angry and so upset. And she says, you know what, Elijah? She sends a messenger. And she tells him, I have a message for you. And Elijah said to the messenger, what's the message that Jezebel has for me? And the messenger yells out, I'm going to kill you. I'm going after you. See, nothing happened until Jezebel, I'm sorry, until Elijah started rising up against the kingdom of darkness that the opposition came. Every time you rise up in the kingdom of God, opposition will come. We talked about this several months ago. Amen. We talked about it, so it will come. But what surprised me the most is that when Elijah heard the threat, the death threat that Jezebel brought against him, it caused him to fear. The prophet that was living a life of victory, the prophet that cried out to God and God literally showed up and fire came, that same prophet, the prophet of power of God, the prophet of the fire of God, all of a sudden gets scared. And he gets anxious and he's like, Lord, and the word of God says that this guy goes under a tree and he prays, God, kill me. I don't want to live. Spirit of suicide came all over him. Amen. And Elijah was already tired because he was fleeing. When the adrenaline rush ended, he said, God, take my life away. I'm not worthy. And we're reading this right now. We're like, dude, you just pray for fire to come. 
did you just prayed and God gave you a big victory and the people saw that God was God through your life and then we see a, a few verses later that this same powerful man of God was struggling and was praying to God and was saying you know what God kill me my life is not worthy but see what happened is that the man of God got physically tired and the attack came against his mind and then it started manifesting upon his spirit and upon his soul so tell the person next to you you need to pray you need to pray and get closer to God but not only pray and get closer to God but tell him you need to rest you need to rest you need to rest I had something crazy that happened to me with a fast amen last year I started uh, the, the same fast and literally the first day I felt an attack against my body I felt like I was gonna die I, I'm not even playing. I'm like, I'm for real. I, my, I, like, I woke up, my heart was beating. I don't know if I shared it last time. My heart was beating. My hands started getting cold. My feet started getting cold. Um, I, I went to the emergency room and, and literally they checked my heart. They, they did an EKG on me. And then I, they, they said, you know what? Your heart is good. You're perfectly fine. You're good. Go home. Bye. It's probably COVID or the symptoms of, of COVID, right? And I went home and I was like, okay. And then this year, on the first day of fast, it happened to me again. And they told me it's a panic attack. And I said, I don't have panic attacks. But it happened to me last year. It happened to me this year. And I said, it's, it, I literally, I literally, there was a crash. I was sleeping. I felt a crash between light and darkness. I, I felt it. I, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I felt it. Literally, light and darkness crash, and I woke up. Amen. And it felt like something crazy. And I texted Pastor Brian. I'm like, hey, I went through this. And he's like, okay, it might be a spiritual attack, but I want you to go get checked anyways. I went to the doctor. I went to a specialist. I, I had a, a CT scan done. I had another EKG done. Okay. I had a lot of blood work done. And the doctor said, you're perfectly healthy. Okay. So that's when I understood, okay, it's a spiritual attack. But see, I didn't stay there. I said, I'm going to get some rest. I'm going to start resting. And you know, with a baby and a three-year-old, almost four-year-old, it's kind of hard. Amen. But we were like disciplining myself and I got a nap and I said, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to get my seven to eight hours sleep. It's difficult. Okay. And I did it for a week or two weeks. Okay. And it worked really well. And I said, I'm going to take care of myself. And not only am I going to pray and do all these things, but I also need to get some rest. Can you tell the person next to you, sometimes you just need to get rest so that the enemy won't mess with your mind amen sometimes you just need to rest so that life can flow a lot smoother what happens right with my, my wife i don't know how she does it but she's like i need a power nap and she goes and seats for 15 minutes and she wakes up really fresh and uh, fresh and i'm like you know what i can't do that i have to sleep like three four hours and then i'll feel really good if i see 15 minutes i'll be grouchy for the rest of the day right i don't know how some of y'all do that but man my props to you okay so say with me, I need rest. I need rest. I need to rest my body. I need to get rest, okay? Especially the, the guys, the girls that have kids, babies, amen. We need, to, we need to try our hardest to get some rest, okay? Number three, the sign, another sign of a spiritual attack is the lack attack. Say with me, the lack attack. Now say it 10 times really fast. I'm just messing with y'all. I'm just messing with you. The lack attack, the lack attack, the lack attack, the lack attack, the lack attack. Amen. The lack attack, okay? There are times when all of our resources just seem to dry up. Amen. 
all of our resources start to dry up and, and all of a sudden it starts to dry up even financially they start telling you at your workplace that hey you know what you're about to get fired or you know what the contracts are slowing down a little bit or you know what work isn't just the same and all of a sudden the financial lack starts to emerge and happen your car breaks down things in your house begin to break all of a sudden first the sink and then the washer and then the dryer and you're like god what's up what's happening right now what, what's going on attack after attack your kids are very healthy and all of a sudden they start getting sick and, and all these things happen and it seems like they all come together at one time it could be like a year and then another problem and another year, but all of a sudden everything decides to go wrong in the same week and the same day and the same month. And you're like, God, what happened here? See, if the enemy can get you focused more on your concerns and in your problems instead of your worship of God, that he can get you to take your eyes off of God and onto your problem. And when Peter did this, what happened? He began to sink. Peter said, you know what? I want to walk in the supernatural, Jesus. I want to do what you're doing. And he did do it. Amen. And that was awesome because he did do it. But then he started focusing on the waves, started focusing on the winds, started focusing on everything that came against him. And he started sinking. And the enemy works the same way all the time. If I can get the people of God to doubt, they will sink. If I can get the people of God to doubt and the word of God, I will sink them. I'll sink their faith. I'll sink their, their efforts. I'll sink the strength that they had because, amen, that's what the enemy does. He wants you to get your eyes off of Jesus and onto the problem. And when you do that, your spiritual life will go crazy. That's what he tried to do with Paul and Silas. Amen. Focus on the beating that you got. Focus on the pain that you went through physically, not only mentally, but physically. Focus on the jail cell where you're at right now. Focus on all the negativity. And you know what they decided to do? They said, I can, but I'm not going to do that. Because the word of God says that I need to focus on the things that are above not on the earthly things because the earthly things shall pass but i'm making up a treasure up in heaven i'm making up a treasure up over there where jesus is and he's preparing a mansion for me okay he's preparing a mansion for me and see i want you to understand this not all good deals come from god not all good deals come from god see the enemy can tempt you with very good offers the devil tried to tempt Jesus himself in order to derail him from his purpose. And he said, hey, Jesus, I'll give you the whole kingdoms of the world if you will bow down and worship me. And what did Jesus say? No, I will worship just my father, my God, and that's it. Okay, I'm not going to worship any other thing but my father. That, that's it. Okay, and Jesus stood so firm in his calling and he said, I'm not going to be derailed from the purpose that God has over my life. And see, the enemy can put circumstances to give you what you need in the midst of your weakness. That's why when Jesus was fasting and he, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and the enemy said, okay, I'm going to come here. At your weakest point is when you're going to start getting attacked. And what did the enemy offer Jesus to turn the rocks into bread what he wanted say with me good offers do not always come from God we need to have a sharp discernment 
of what God wants to do inside of, of our lives. Because you know what? God has promised to supply all of our needs. It does not matter if you are in a season where everything is going good or in a season where everything is going wrong. But see, God promised to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory as long as you seek him, as long as you honor him, as long as you turn to him with your finances and in every single department of your life. God is God and he will give you and honor you when you begin to honor him and say, God, I trust you God I'm gonna give you my all God I'm gonna put you in the first place something will happen something will happen when you begin to cry out to God and begin to say the word of the Lord out loud in Psalms 37 25 it says I have been young and now I'm really old yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging for bread you know i've been i've been pastoring for a few years i've been a christian for over 15 years and never in my life have i heard a teaching on the first fruits till i came here and when pastor brian explained it uh, last week i believe it was just it, it just threw my mind off i said wow according to the scripture and let me tell you something giving your week's worth of check completely to God will take faith and guess what I did it and, and you know what helps a lot that my wife I said well, what do you think babe what do you think babe what do you think it's a whole week should we do it or not and you know what I love that she's such a powerful woman of God she's like what are you waiting for give it already right give it already God's gonna supply our needs it, it takes faith it takes faith but you know what? We did it. We did it. And I believe that when we put our dependence on God, the blessings will begin to follow us because it takes faith to give a check's worth to God and say, God, I trust in you. I don't know how I'm going to do it, God, but I trust in you. I don't know how you're going to provide God, but see, I have not seen the righteous forsaken God, nor the offspring of the righteous begging for bread. I said, God, one way or the other, you will provide. You will provide, you will make a way in such a powerful demonstration of your glory, God. You will make a way, I don't know how it's gonna happen. But see, Joshua 1.8 says, the book of the law shall never depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it because then you will make your way prosperous and everything that you do will turn out good. Everything that you do will have good success. Say with me, I want good success. Say, I wanna be prosperous. I, I wanna be good, but see, there there's a portion of the scripture where God says, okay, I will make you prosperous. I will make you successful, but wait a minute. You have to have the word of God inside of your spirit, inside of your mind, inside of your mouth, and then the blessings, the glory of God will begin to do things inside of your life. It will happen, see, in the desert. The Israelites got water, got manna, got provision, got a cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Say with me, provision, provision was there. But we got to put God first. 
See, before I move to the other point, I want to advise you to obey God in absolutely every single one of the departments that he has in the word of God, every single area. Pastor Brian has said it before. There are different things, that different keys for different things. There are certain things that will unlock financial blessings. There are other things that will unlock spiritual blessings. But we have to get closer to the word of God. Are y'all with me? Did y'all fall asleep already? Let me tell you something. If you grab a hold of this revelation, you're going to grow spiritually. Okay? Because I'm not preaching out of emotion. I'm not preaching out of what I think. I'm preaching to you out of the word of God. And if God says it, he will do it. If God puts it written down in written down form for you and for me, it's because there's a blessing that we're going to start unlocking over our lives. Amen. There are families that are going to get blessed. There are marriages that are going to get blessed. Whenever the word of God comes first, are y'all with me? Seat number four, another sign of spiritual attack is that your prayer life begins to weaken. In, in, in Matthew 26, 40 and 41, the word of God says that Jesus spoke to his disciples and he got after them and he said, hey, you guys are sleeping? Y'all should be alert. Y'all should be praying. Y'all should be fervent and right now seeking the presence of the Father. Why are you guys sleeping? Say with me, wake up, sleepyhead. Tell your neighbor, wake up, sleepyhead. Tell him, wake up. God has a word for you, wake up. And see, Jesus was telling them, hey, can't you stay up and pray with me for an hour? Why are you sleeping? There's blessings that we have to go get. There's victories that are waiting for you, but you need to be praying. You need to be praying. See, a lot of people think that prayer is a ministry. Oh, that, that's a prayer. That's a ministry prayer. And the pastor has it and the leaders have it. But I, God didn't give me the ministry of prayer. Amen. But let me break this for you. Amen. Say with me, prayer is not a ministry. Prayer is not a ministry. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is a discipline. And all of us, pastors or not, apostles or not, prophets or not, leaders or not, all of us are called to pray. All of us are called to have an encounter with the living God. Amen. Prayer is a discipline and there is no special gift of prayer. This takes dedication. It takes faith. It takes persistence on our part. Yet sometimes there are times when we can't be faithful in praying and our minds begin to work against us. Amen. And Jesus was saying, hey, just give me an hour. Just begin to pray for an hour. That's all I'm asking for of you. And see the moments of failure in our lives occur when we are not praying and reading the word of God. Amen. True failures, failures occur in our lives when we are not seeking God through prayer and through his word. Say with me, I need Jesus. I need God. Amen. See, sometimes you feel so overwhelmed and you feel a heaviness over your life and you feel without hope. You feel like everything's just going crazy around you and you're like, God, these circumstances are overwhelming me. And wherever you turn, there are problem after problem after problem and it feels like the problem will never end. And this is one of the strategy that the enemy uses to plant seeds of bad attitude in, in your life. Amen. 
The enemy uses this to put seeds of bad attitude in your life and it is when negative thoughts begin to flood your mind and you begin to say, what, what's the use of this? What's the use of praying? What's the use of going to church? What's the use of reading the Bible if nothing's gonna change, if nothing's gonna happen, if everything's gonna be the same old, same old, and all of a sudden, frustration kicks in. The, the, the hope, defer, hope begins to get deferred. Hope begins to get out of your life and you're like, what happened, God? I had hope and now it seems that my hopes are, are shattered. And see, it doesn't take long when frustration leads you to feeling hopeless. You're like, God, I don't think anything's gonna happen. I'm just not gonna go to church anymore. I'm gonna block Pastor Brian and Pastor Rafa. I don't wanna talk to them anymore. I'm tired, they think life is going good and yeah, it's probably going really good for them. But see, y'all see, see this side, but y'all don't see the sides of the battles, of the struggles. And if we're telling you and preaching to you about this, it's because not only are, do we want to motivate you and encourage you to keep seeking the Lord, but we live through this. Amen. We've gone through the very bottomless pits of hell, of trials, of tribulations, and we're standing here that if, to tell you that if God did it with us, God can do it with you. Amen. That if God did it with us, God can do it with you. So see, all of a sudden when you lose hope, you run into a barrier. You run into a wall. That, and that's when you start wanting to throw in the towel. But if throwing in the towel is not an option for you, then you are going to move forward with the strength of the Holy Spirit and you will see great victories inside of your life. If you don't throw in the towel, I want to say to you again that victories will come inside of your life this isn't just storytelling this is the raw truth of what god can really do inside of your life pastor what do i have to do you have to give up everything for god it's a sacrifice amen say with me i have to give up my will to do his will okay so if you think about leaving church like completely, if you think about stopping your relationship with God completely, if you think about not reading the word of God completely and you say, you know what, I, I, I want to give up and not do any of that anymore. I want to tell you that the spirit of Python really wants to slowly suffocate you and cause a spiritual death inside of your life. But see, hope is going to be born again inside of your life hope i said hope is going to be born again inside of your life because proverbs 13 12 says hope that delayed is a torment to the heart hope is going to come and rush into you again you thought you lost hope but god's going to bring that hope again over your life hebrews 11 1 says that faith is a certainty of things hoped for the conviction of the things not seen it's not happening right now, but I'm believing it. It's not manifesting right now, but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna stick to that. If the enemy can make you lose hope, he can stop you from living in faith. Can you stand to your feet, please? <laughs> I told Del Rio campus, I only got to point number four. And I said, if you guys wanna hear the rest of the message, tell Pastor Brian to invite me the next, for the next month. Amen, the whole month. Amen. Because <laughs> I have the second part to this message that talks a little bit more about the spiritual attacks. But then I also have another message that talks about how to overcome these spiritual attacks. Amen. So right there where you're at, just lift up your hands. 
just lift up your hands. Hope. Hope is coming to you once again. Amen. A lot of you guys have been under a spiritual attack, but that's breaking right now. Not by human intellect, but by the power of God. Just begin to praise God right there. Caleb, can you just flow in the spirit? Hallelujah. Come on, people of God. Come on. Jesus, don't give up your hope. Jesus has given us a victory over everything. The word of God says that the doors of Hades will not prevail against us. The word of God says that he has made you powerful. He has made you an overcomer. So just begin to praise the Lord right there. Begin to worship God. Begin to worship God. Begin to worship God. Rebasia. Begin to worship the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Begin to worship. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.